Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 883. A salute again and our thoughts to the proud and brave people of Ukraine, where the Kalush Orchestra was not stopped by all the attacks there and entered the Eurovision Song Contest and won. Wow. We have a little bit of everything on our show today, from cool birds in the Tijuana Valley to plurting, that's picking up litter while birding, in North Carolina and Wisconsin, to some good conservation news about a car magazine. But first, a bird flu update focusing on bald eagles, one of the non-poultry species that's been seriously impacted by the spread of that virus. The USDA has confirmed 956 cases of bird flu in wild birds across the country, including at least 54 bald eagles. Well, they say the actual number is probably higher because not every wild bird that dies is tested. In Georgia, where three bald eagles that died tested positive for the bird flu, the State Department of Natural Resources noted a sharp drop in bald eagle reproduction this year in six coastal counties where many migratory birds spend the winter. In Florida, where at least 23 bald eagles have died from bird flu, the State Fish and Wildlife Institute points out that eagles make up just a small part of the several thousand estimated cases of bird flu among Florida's wild ducks, vultures, owls, pelicans, and several other species. We've still heard of only one case of a human contracting the virus here in the U.S. and with only mild symptoms resulting. Some experts suggest that residential bird feeders should be removed to avoid further spread of the virus, but neither the USDA nor the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service are recommending that because bird flu isn't common among the songbirds that frequent backyards. As always, though, they say it's important to clean bird feeders regularly to help limit the spread of other diseases. Extra, extra, read all about it. Just a quick reminder that we have lots of good stuff to see on our Talking Birds Facebook page. All kinds of great photos and videos and info and cool stuff. It's on our Facebook page there from TalkingBirds.com. Meanwhile, we're in receipt of another listener audio postcard. It's another one from our friend Haley out in Tijuana River Valley Regional Park this time in Southern California. Hello again, friends. This is Haley from San Diego. I am currently birding at the Tijuana River Valley Regional Park, the bird and butterfly garden here. It's right next to the border with Mexico. It's just been a glorious morning. I've seen house wrens and song sparrows, California towhees, Pacific slope flycatchers, common ground doves, and a very vocal yellow-breasted chat, and lots of others. 
I was hoping to find a black-throated magpie jay while I'm here. I know they've been seen here before, but haven't had any luck with that so far. I'm going to go keep looking. Happy birding. Thank you, Haley. Happy birding to you, and good luck finding that black-throated magpie jay. Pretty sure that where Haley was birding, there would be the only place, or just about the only place in the U.S., to get a look at that truly spectacular bird at the northern limit of its range. We have a conservation cool story of the week. The enthusiast, the car enthusiast magazine, Car and Driver, which yours truly has been reading since 19... (laughs) has devoted 17 pages of its latest edition to electric cars. That's more than 20% of this magazine, which has been celebrating fossil fuel-powered vehicles for many decades. And among the vehicles featured is the long-rumored and finally announced electric reinterpretation of the iconic VW Microbus. That's it. It's called the ID Buzz, and it's expected to go on sale here in the U.S. next year. That's pretty cool. And that's our mystery bird. It's a preview of our mystery bird contest coming along later in the show. Our mystery bird is a small songbird with a brownish cap, a chestnut cap, habit of wagging its tail. The eastern subspecies has yellow or yellowish underparts and reddish-brown streaks on the sides. The western form has a pale gray chest and belly. Our bird, which feeds mainly on insects in the summer, foraging on the ground as well as in trees and shrubs, breeds across most of Canada in the extreme northern U.S. and winters in the southeastern states and down into Mexico and the Caribbean. Our mystery bird, the contest coming a bit later, and fabulous prizes, including some of our favorite coffee. That's Birds and Beans, certified, shade-grown, bird-friendly, USDA organic, fair trade, delicious coffee. And from our friends at Classic Brands, a Droll Yankee's new generation sunflower seed feeder, featuring a powder-coated finished in beautiful forest green that won't chip or fade. That's our prize list, and we'll have a bonus question, too, if we have time for that. And that would mean a prize from our friends at Wisdom Supply. All coming along on our Mystery Bird Contest. And now a salute to some of our favorite people. Those are our Talking Birds ambassadors, helping us spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation, which is the word we're trying to spread. And thank you to Emily C. from Cape Elizabeth, Maine. Thank you, Emily. And thanks to Alyssa Olson from right here in our home state of Massachusetts in Salem. She says, I'm a relatively new listener, and though a lifelong lover of birds, also relatively new to the birding hobby. Enjoy the show and excited to share it with the people I'm meeting in my local birding communities and with other newbies. like me. Thank you, Alyssa. And that leads to our invitation to all Talking Birds listeners to join our Ambassadors family. As Emily and Alyssa have done, it's really easy to sign up for and easy to take part in. At your convenience, just hand out to friends and neighbors, birders and potential birders, the little Talking Birds info cards that we'll send to you. You'll find the sign-up thing at the Get Involved tab on our website, and that is TalkingBirds.com. 
Still to come on our show today, we'll talk to a proud plurter and explain what a, that means, plurter, in the process. Plus, we'll meet up with Mike, Mike O'Connor, that is, from the famous Birdwatcher's General Store on Cape Cod with a live Let's Ask Mike segment, in which Mike will talk about his experiment with a plastic owl in a dish of peanuts. And up next, a hummingbird from way out west is today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Well, I'm a hummingbird. When it comes to hummingbirds, many of us think of their marvelous migratory flights, such as that of the ruby-throated hummingbird, which flies across the Gulf of Mexico on its northward spring journey. It's such an amazing feat that a myth once suggested that those birds must hitch a ride on the backs of geese to enable such an incredible journey. But there is one hummingbird species that apparently doesn't feel the need to travel thousands of miles between wintering and breeding grounds, preferring to pretty much use the same grounds all year. This one has something of a royal connection through an Italian duchess whose first name was Anna. I'm just a hummingbird, baby. Humming around, around your door. Yes, Anna's hummingbird, which mostly stays put in all seasons, occupying a band of territory from southern British Columbia to southern California and Arizona, with some making a relatively short journey down into Mexico in the fall. The male Anna's hummingbird has bronze-green upper parts, gray-green underparts, a dark green tail with black outer tail feathers, and when the light is right, a hood and throat of iridescent red. The female is duller, with a green cap, hints of metallic red or purple on the throat, and a white-tipped green tail. By the way, the apparent reason that Anna had a hummingbird named for her was that her husband, the second Duke of Rivoli, was an amateur ornithologist who accumulated a bird collection of more than 12,000 specimens. The Rivoli's hummingbird, found in the extreme southwestern parts of the U.S., was named for him. That's the scratchy, buzzy song of the spectacular, if sedentary by Hummer standards, Anna's Hummingbird, Calypte Anna. Today's Talking Birds, featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show number 883. If you've been listening to our show for a while, you've probably heard us say the word flirting. That's a mashup of the words picking up litter while birding. Plurting. We do it, and we try to encourage others to do it, too. And when they do, we call them proud plurters. We also send them an iron-on proud plurter badge by which they can display their plurting chops and plurting bona fides. And we're about to say hello to one of those proud plurters. She's Joy Rochester, and she's representing Forsyth Audubon, based in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Good morning, Joy. Good morning, Ray. Good to be here. Wonderful to to uh, have have you with us. And let me just read a quote from you, if I may, that gives some insight into your plurting efforts. I'm proud to plurt with my mom when we take small day trips together in her home state of Wisconsin or near my home in North Carolina. We've been picking up litter for years because we love being surrounded by the beauty of nature. 
We want that beauty and the birds to be around for others to enjoy. Well, Joy, that is a beautiful way to express your thoughts about plurting and your longtime dedication to it. So congratulations. Thank you. You're way, uh, way ahead of us here. In, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have been doing it a while. <laughs> yeah. We just, uh, we, we just attached a name to it. It's kind of all we, all we did here. Right. And I was yeah. so excited that someone did attach a name to it. Um, I, think, I think we just called it Remember to Grab a Bag on Your Way Out the Door with Your Binoculars. Yeah. Well, this, <laughs> is, this is much shorter. It's a, it's a weird name many people have told us, but it is, it is short anyway. Well, your group, uh, Joy Forsyth Audubon, uh, really seems to have a strong focus on conservation. You can see that on your, on your website. And uh, that's reflected in the statement there of Forsyth Audubon's mission which is, quote, to conserve and restore natural ecosystems, focusing on birds, wildlife, and their natural habitats for the benefit of humanity and North Carolina's biological diversity. So, uh, Joy, plurting seems to fit right in there, doesn't it? It sure does, yes. And we decided to do um, our first two plurting events in March this year. Um, me and several other Autobahn members thought it was a good timing to clean up before the spring migrants mm-hmm. came in May. So um, we did one event um, at a nature preserve in Winston-Salem, mm-hmm. North Carolina. Um, and it's actually a great success story of conservation of um, concerned citizens that saved land from development by the city. Mm-hmm. So we plurted there and our first one probably had about 10 participants. So we were excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second event, we coincided with a city event called Creek Week, which um, shines a light on our waterways in Winston-Salem and the importance of keeping them clean. So we did that along another creek in town and um, had even more participants that day, even on a rainy day. All so right. Nice. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good sign with more coming in on a rainy day. Well, you're being the leader there, uh, Joy, for equity, diversion, and inclusion for uh, Forsyth Audubon. If I'm right about this, was kind of an inspiration in a way for the plurting effort. Is that is that right? It was. We were looking for ways to... Um, partner with other people in the community and we thought plurting would be an easy in for someone who might want to clean up in their own neighborhood Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. well joy thank you for your plurting efforts your long time plurting efforts you've been doing this yes we'll keep going as long as we can for sure (laughs) all right we want to hear about more of those uh plurting events down there maybe we can send more plurting badges to uh, other members of Forsyth would, Audubon. Yeah. yeah, I'll see how many folks would like them. Okay, and thank you for promoting it on your show. You are you are very welcome, Joy Rochester, mm-hmm. proud plurter with Forsyth Audubon, based in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Give us uh, your your website if you would. I didn't write it down here for uh, for uh, your group. I believe it's I believe it's ForsythAudubon.org. I think that sounds right. Yeah, mm-hmm. It'd be easy to find <laughs> anyway. ForsythAudubon.org. Forsyth has a Y in it there. Thanks again, Joy. Yes. Thank you. Joy Rochester here on Talking Birds. Um, to find out more about plurting and becoming a proud plurter, just go to this address where you can take the proud plurter pledge, as Joy did, TalkingBirds.com slash plurting. That's TalkingBirds.com slash plurting. Coming up next here, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight, 
You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. That's the sound of our mystery bird. We've kind of cranked that up so you could really hear it. It's a very small bird. It's our mystery bird in our mystery bird contest. And a note here, first, if you're not hearing our show live and would like to for future mystery bird contests, for example, so you could call in during the live contest, uh, just go to TalkingBirds.com and you'll see how to do it. It's very easy, TalkingBirds.com. Our live broadcast, by the way, is here on Sunday mornings from 9.30 to 10 Eastern. Our mystery bird is a small songbird with a brownish back, a chestnut cap, and a habit of wagging its tail. The eastern subspecies has yellow or yellowish underparts, reddish-brown streaks on the sides. The western form has a pale gray chest and belly. Our bird, which feeds mainly on insects in the summer, foraging on the ground as well as in trees and shrubs, breeds across most of Canada in the extreme northern U.S. and winters in the southeastern states and down into Mexico and the Caribbean. Prizes this morning from our friends at Classic Brands. A Droll Yankees new generation sunflower seed feeder featuring a powder-coated finish in forest green that won't chip or fade. Zinc die-cast tops, bases, and ports to last a lifetime. A snug-fitting cap that's easy for you to lift but very difficult for squirrels to do. A top assembly that's easily removed for cleaning and stainless steel wires that squirrels can't chew. Sounds like they thought of everything here in that beautiful feeder. Plus a 12-ounce bag of Birds and Beans certified shade-grown, bird-friendly, USDA organic, fair trade, delicious coffee. It's our favorite, and that's our other prize. If we have time for a bonus question, uh, we'll try to give away... $20 gift certificate for Wisdom Supply, makers of plastic-free books and notepads, journals, and other supplies for classroom and office. And the main thing there would be the phone number, and that is 781-837-4900 for our Mystery Bird Contest, 781-837-4900. And then it's Let's Ask Mike live coming up here in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautiobooks.com B-U-T-E-O Beautiobooks.com my name is Dr. Joseph Blanda, and I'm calling from Akron, Ohio. I like being a Talking Birds ambassador 
because birding is such a healthy activity, you should become a Talking Birds ambassador because it's a great network of people and it'll broaden your horizons on things that you can do in enjoying birds. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. Just visit our website, talkingbirds.com. Join today and thanks. Yeah, back porch, a plastic owl, and a bag of peanuts, or a plate of peanuts. Boy, it sounds like the perfect late spring activity, and that's what Mike O'Connor is engaged in down there at the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Good morning, Mike. It's all in the name of science, Ray. It's all in the name of science. S- sounds like a lot of fun, too. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So yeah, we get these, and I think everybody listening has heard this before. When you've mm-hmm. got a creature you don't want, you don't want birds in your garden or squirrels in your attic or yeah. in your shed. Put up a plastic owl. I don't know who started this rumor, but it <laughs> won't die. And so we have plastic owls because I don't know what people are going to do with them. Maybe you know Halloween <laughs> decoration or a séance. But folks, <laughs> they yeah. want to put them up. They want them to keep the you know the birds out of their garden. Or, mm-hmm. or now. I'll say, well, I said, you can buy it, but it's not going to work. And they, they get mad at me. You know, they get, they get like I've taken the wind out of their sails. And, and I said, you know, it's like my fault that this, what I say isn't going to work, doesn't work. So I decided, okay, you know what, I'll test it and to see if I'm wrong. Hmm. So last week, it was a lousy day, and I wasn't going to go on birding. So I went on my back deck under the railing. I put a little a dish of, of peanuts hmm. and a plastic owl. The head moves. it got these bright, scary yellow eyes, and I put the owl right next to the, to the dish. And I walked inside, and I'm not kidding. I turned around to see if I had done it right. And there was a gray squirrel eating out of the dish of peanuts. Mm. Bam! I don't think it was eight seconds. <laughs> that's not even a record, probably. No, <laughs> that's right. That's not, not even close to a record for a squirrel. So <laughs> later in the day, um, I finally had to take the dish in because I couldn't test it on any other creatures because the squirrel was, I had to wait for the squirrel to get filled before it would work. So finally the squirrel <laughs> gets filled left, and I put it out, and out comes a raccoon. Raccoons this time of year are a little active during the day because they have babies, and they have to uh, forage a little bit more, and this raccoon came along. And it proves, it showed me something that I didn't realize about these plastic owls, is that they're plastic, so they look scary, and the birds don't really smell that well, but the raccoon approached it cautiously and then leaned forward with its nose, sniffed it, and then just went about eating. It, you know, it doesn't smell, you know, it looks like an owl, but it smells like Tupperware. It's not scary. (laughs) So they immediately went, and then the chipmunks went by. So zero, zero effect on mammals. (laughs) The birds, on the other hand, was a little different. The grockles landed, of course. And they, they landed, and some were nervous. Some grabbed a few peanuts. They were a little bit nervous. And I had a herring gull land, because i got a weird backyard. Herring gull landed, and he stood back, took a couple of peanuts, but it was extremely nervous. So most of the birds, the jays were nervous, and they didn't come. So when the, when the owl was right on top of the dish, the birds were nervous. So what I did was I slid the owl back about three feet, hmm. and it had zero effect. The gull came back, the jays came in, the chickadees came in, and and as soon as I moved it just a few feet away, it was enough distance so they were totally comfortable with this scary owl. So, in other words, it's not going to keep 
the squirrels out of your attic, a plastic owl. And if you have a garden that's one foot square, it might keep the birds away. But if you have a three foot square garden, you have no chance. All right. Well, since that doesn't seem to work as great as it might, well, you know, what what alternatives do you offer to your uh, customers, or, or is that too uh, big a topic there? Well, what I uh, well, I just address it towards um, feeders. You know, scroll-proof feeders are pretty common now, and they're very effective. Mm-hmm. Some of your sponsors, some are not, but they're, they're really good. And if you get the right one, we have good luck with the, uh, the brome feeder. That keeps it uh, I'm, I'm not in charge of people's gardens. <laughs> <You know>? Really? <laughs> they do call, have a product called Scare Tape, which is the shiny stuff. I use mm-hmm. it to keep the woodpeckers off the house, and mm-hmm. it's very effective. It's this holographic, shiny, crazy, shiny tape, and I have uh, customers who use this to keep uh, birds off their berry bushes, so you might want to explore that. And I got good news, right? Last year, we put up an osprey pole behind uh, the bird watchers general store, and there's a pair of ospreys building a nest in it as we speak. All right. Nice going. Nice work. Right. Send your friends down who want to see ospreys. All right. Mike O'Connor there at the famous bird watchers general store in Cape Cod. Mike, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. Back to, the, back to the Mystery Bird Contest right after this. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. It's our mystery bird, small songbird with a brownish back, chestnut cap, habit of wagging its tail. What is that mystery bird? Eastern subspecies with a yellow or yellowish underparts, western form with a pale gray chest and belly. 781-837-4900 is the number. Beautiful prizes await. I think I neglected to mention if we don't get a correct answer, we'll have a winner nonetheless because we'll do a drawing from among the correct answers received. Brad is somewhere in... The beautiful state of Virginia. Good morning, Brad. How you doing? Doing well, thanks. Where in Virginia, if you'd like to say? Uh, Charlottesville. Charlottesville, Virginia. All right. Beautiful country down there. And what do you think, uh, Brad, on our mystery bird? You heard the clues and all that. I'm guessing it's the palm warbler. Palm warbler seems like a heck of a guesser. Nice job. That was not one of the easiest ones, maybe, in our... Mystery birds, but uh, not a problem for you. Nice, uh, nice going, Brad. Thank, thank you. We have a little time for a bonus question. It's kind of a weird one. If you'd like to try it, uh, sure, I'll give it a shot. Okay, and this would be if you get this right, you'll win a twenty-dollar gift card from Wisdom Supply Company, named after the oldest recorded wild bird, Wisdom, the Midway Albatross. Wisdom Supply is a women-owned bee corporation that is preventing plastic pollution through thoughtfully designed plastic-free zero-waste school and office supplies. And with that, here's our multiple-choice question. Which of the following bird species can see in total darkness? Is it A, the South American cave-dwelling oil bird? B, the great horned owl? C, the nocturnal tawny frogmouth of Australia? Or D, is it just... None of the above. What do you think, Brad? Um, I think I'll go with B, the great horned owl. B, the great horned owl, that uh, nighttime predator out there. In, uh... <laughs> yeah. It can see in, uh, in pretty uh, 
in some pretty good darkness, but uh, it turns out they tell us no creature can see in total darkness. Um, some, as like the great horned owl, can see uh, through near darkness, but uh, no bird or any other creature can see in total darkness. Some, of course, use echo uh, location so they can find things by uh, by sound, but all sight requires light. But, Brad, you're definitely the winner of our mystery bird contest, so if you'll stay on the line, we'll get your info and send you some uh, that cool stuff. All right. Thanks so much. Love the show. Well, thank you so much, Brad. That's Brad down there in uh, Virginia. And uh, didn't I already forget uh, the town that he said he was uh, calling from there? I bet Jesse remembers what it was. Charlottesville. Thank you, Jesse. can always count on Jesse to bail us out on so many things. That is uh, all the time we have for our show this morning. Just a quick reminder to check out our Talking Birds flock. Wonderful place where Talking Birds listeners gather to share pictures and videos and thoughts and opinions. Uh, it's our Facebook group, Talking Birds flock. So we're out of time for this week. Well, we had some joy on our show this morning with Joy Rochester. We'll have more joy next week when Joy Klump will join us about a wonderful program she has created down in Texas. So that's it for this week. Thanks for being with us. Don't forget our website, TalkingBirds.com. We'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beauty O Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com.